So as mentioned, my last name is Glover, but I am not actually related to anybody with my last name. Glover is the surname of my first stepfather who I've only ever met once, and that uncomfortable meeting lasted maybe 10 minutes. I don't know my real father. I know his name, it's Rod Zimmerman, and uh, before I went off to college, my mother showed me an impressively blurry Polaroid that was taken circa 1982. Um, <laughs> due to a series of events inspired by alcohol, I was uh, removed from my mother's home when I was six years old and sent to live with my aunt and uncle. My aunt is my mom's elder sister by 10 years, and my uncle is my aunt's second husband. And my mom and my aunt are a part of the Johnson clan, which does not have family reunions, um, and for some very good reasons. Some of these being that, one, my grandfather is or was an orphan. Two, my grandmother's one of 16 and wishes that she was an orphan. Three, my mother and my grandmother, when in the same room, have been known to throw fine china, amongst other things, at one another. Four, my mom and my aunt have a mini-series-worthy love-hate relationship that is centered largely around me. Five, both of my uncles are raging alcoholics, and they, along with my aunt and my mom, despise, like turn green with envy anytime they're around my other uncle, who is the eldest son and my grandmother's favorite, of course. And six, my uncle, um, well, everybody in the family has been divorced at least once, and my uncles don't either know their children or don't speak to their children or aren't even sure that they know about all their children. So basically, <laughs> if the Johnsons were to have a family reunion, they would drink the county it was held in dry, and someone would be arrested for assault or murder. We kind of had a semi-family reunion when my grandfather died. It went well. Everyone showed up and viewed the body. Everybody saw the body put in the ground, and then everybody went their own way. But my uncle's side of the family, the Crawford Bowers, they are a different story. You see, stepping into an Indiana summer is like having someone wrap a, a soaking warm flannelette around you. You think that you're going to suffocate, except the unique beauty of the lush green soy fields and the neat rows of tall, golden-headed corn stalks somehow keep you from succumbing to the heat. You take in big, heavy breaths, you seek shade underneath willow trees, and you allow your mind to distract your body by watching the twinkle of fireflies at dusk. Indiana was my family's quadrennial pilgrimage. <laughs> um, the man that I called Dad had grown up there, had had a family there long before I ever came along, and they were the biggest reason for this visit. We would go and we would stay with a much older woman that I called sister, and had ever since I'd started referring to him as dad, mom, dad, brother, sister. In the midst of adolescent embarrassment, I had ceased to acknowledge the actual physical meaning of those words, and I had started using them to avoid a question that I just didn't know how to answer, and that was why. Um, I was excited that year. It was the year that I was 18, and we were going to go to my uncle's matriarchal side of the family's reunion, the Bowers. Um, it was the last time my uncle thought he'd be able to chat to his deceased mom's twin sister, Aunt Mart. She was well into her 90s by then, and the year before, she'd shattered her hip, um, amongst a lot of other ailments. I remember I was excited, because I'd heard so much about the Bowers. I'd never met them at that point yet, but I knew that they were a close-knit family, and that they loved each other, and that there was aunts and uncles and cousins everywhere. And I knew that there would be games played, and I knew that there would be lots of food, 
notably my Aunt Penny's award-winning pie, and <laughs> that um, it was going to be held at my favorite park. I had discovered the park to visit before. My cousin or um, my nephew or non-relative, really, uh, <laughs> he had taken me to the park because we wanted to avoid the often awkward family situations that we found ourselves in. Um, his mother, my sister, uh, she didn't really like me. I mean, she felt that I was treated like a daughter when I shouldn't be, and she was jealous because I'd grown up with the good, non-alcohol drinking version of her father. Um, she was nice, but her kindness always had a little sting to it. And so when Jack showed me the garden, I thought, I'm going to visit this every day because it had these beautiful sunken garden parts of it. When we walked up to the garden that year, to the park, I should say, um, it was even more lovely than I remembered. The city had put those water fountains in, and so as we walked up, we could see adults and children alike just running through and splashing through because it's so hot. Those things really were a mercy. Um, as I looked around the park, I could hear just echoing out the children on the swings and the men playing football and the nanas cooing over little bower babies in their buggies and <laughs> housewives exclaiming over my Aunt Penny's pies. My aunt and uncle my mom and dad, they, they took hugs and took greetings, and I was hugged and greeted as well as my dad asked, do you remember Dawn? And people exclaimed at how much I'd grown, and they wanted to know about what I was going to study, but I was distracted, <laughs> because in that moment, I was just thinking how much these people looked alike, and sounded alike, and even gestured alike, and I, I looked over at the park one more time, and I noticed all these people with strawberry blonde hair, or, or red hair, and brown eyes and freckles on their nose, thin lips, pale skin, short statures, the Bowers. I looked at my dad, certainly his mother's son, and I looked at my mom. She wasn't one of them, but then I wasn't exactly one of her. I mean, she was, she is short, and, and I'm kind of tall. She has brown eyes, and I have hazel eyes. She has auburn, awesome auburn curly hair, and I have straight brown hair. She has this lovely curvy figure, and at 18, I was certainly little more than straight up and down. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it in a while, but I didn't resemble these people that I called mom and dad, who weren't actually my mom and dad, and if I thought about it really hard, I realized I don't actually look a lot like my mother either. It was like being in the middle of a performance and then snapping out of character and looking at the other actors and recognizing them for what they are, other actors. I'd been playing that play for a really long time. It had started just after I'd moved in with my aunt and uncle, my brother, or my cousin, my aunt's son. He, uh, <laughs> he told me that uh, my dad was Mexican. And I remember I got so excited because suddenly I made so much sense to my six-year-old self. You see, from the time I was three to four, my mother had worked at this little cantina. And I would stay with my grandmother in the afternoons while she was working, and then just before my mother's shift would end, my grandma would take me and drop me off. And I loved that cantina. I had this affinity for refried beans and Spanish rice covered in salsa, and I would eat a heap of it. And then the kitchen had these double doors, and I'd crawl through the bottom door, which I called the fairy door, and I'd go and I'd sit under the benches, and I'd watch the cooks, these big, round, brown men, clean up for the evening. They'd call me Aurorita and teach me songs in Spanish. <laughs> I never understood why when my grandmother said Mexican, she said it in a way that sounded so ick, because 
I thought Mexicans were the loveliest and cleverest people in the world. So when my cousin told me that my dad was Mexican, I just went, ding, <laughs> That's, that must be it. That's why my hair is brown and why I get so tan in the summer and, and why I like Mexican food so much. And that's probably why my dad left, because of the way my grandmother says Mexican. I went and I told my aunt this theory, which she quickly lied to rest, but I would do that from the time I was 6 to 11 years old. I would, like a character study, imagine the lineage that I could possibly come from, think of all the ways that I, I fit that. My dad was so many things. My dad was a, a southern cattle rancher or a naval officer. He was, he was a foreign, random foreigner or, or Jim Morrison. <laughs> I mean, I assigned myself so many different identities to a myriad of cultures until I was 11. And then I took on the longest role of my life, the role of my aunt and uncle's daughter. I loved them. They loved me. I mean, their kids weren't the biggest fan of it all, but they were willing to play along. They were willing to introduce me as their daughter. And who do you belong to? <laughs> I hadn't even noticed her come up. Her hair was white as snow and thin, her body bent. She was leaning heavily on a silver walker. <laughs> I was caught totally off guard. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, they tell me I'm the one that's hard of hearing. I asked, who do you belong to? She said with a twinkle in her eye and this gappy grin. I was stumped. I didn't really know the answer to that. I mean, as I said, my aunt and uncle claimed me, but there was strife there. There was little bits of resentment about their relationships with their kids. I remember my aunt would get mad and there'd be those comments like, you're just like your mother. <laughs> and my mom, well, in my mind, she'd moved on. She, she was lovely and I'd spent summers and holidays with her, but my half-sisters who lived with her and their dad, well, they were her real children. And my dad, the cowboy, the hero, the foreigner, the rock star, he never showed up to claim me. I stood there in gawking silence, and finally she took my hand in her really small one, and she said, the answer is yourself. Don't you know you belong to yourself at the end of the day, at the end of everything? And as long as you remember that you belong to yourself, there's not anywhere you ever won't belong. And she smiled at me, and she said, now, come on, I want a piece of Penny's pie. My encounter with Aunt Mark was short, but perspective-changing. Since then, I have lived in five different parts of the United States. I've lived in both hemispheres, and I've been here in Auckland for almost two years. I like to travel. I like strangers. I think it's because... I tried for so long to fit into a group of people, but there's something freeing about not fitting in, about not looking like everybody else or maybe not sounding like everybody else. It's amazing when people don't expect you to be like them. They're so much kinder. I think Tennessee Williams penned it best, the kindness of strangers. And maybe that's not the healthiest implement, <laughs> I can't think of the word, it's not the healthiest thing that Aunt Mart maybe wanted me to take from it, but I appreciate what she said because when people ask me, how can you go so far away from your family? 
how can you go so far away from the things that you grew up with, from the things that you know? I just remember her telling me that I belong to myself, and that doesn't change, no matter the latitude or the longitude, no matter the relationships I'm in, and no matter what my last name is. Thank you.